This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So uh, we're going to welcome Chuck via the wonderful internet here in a second. He's going to give us about a four-minute inspirational speech, kind of his take on the whole day. And before we get into that, I just want to say this place today is a safe place. It's a safe place. It's a place for healing. It's a place where each of us can find the strength to help to reach out, to cultivate the conditions for healing in our own lives and in the lives of others. That's the real underlying purpose, I think, of what we're doing today. So keep that in mind. It's a place for you. It's a place for you to reach out. It's a place of safety. Now let's welcome Pastor Chuck. Welcome. I want to welcome everyone to today's service. I'm Senior Pastor Chuck Blair, Senior Pastor at New Church Live. I'm actually joining you from Boulder, Colorado this morning. And first off, I just want to welcome everyone here and a special welcome to all our guests from Laurel House as they've got a wonderful announcement to make at the end of today's service. And you're going to hear a couple of things in today's service. You're going to hear about Nicole's Place which is named after Nicole Peppelman, a person dearly loved by a lot of people who are gathered here today. She lost her life tragically in an act of domestic violence. And a number of her friends got together and they've moved a cause forward. So we're going to get to hear about that today. And this all fits in with the concept of this is what we do. Because I think churches, synagogues, temples, humanitarian organizations, we all need to constantly work together, constantly work together to move forward into a reimagined future, a world where, where love is much more prevalent, where we're raising our kids in a world that feels safe, where they feel cared for, a place where we're really trying to make a difference as best we can out there into the world. And church, for me, real simply, is just part of that breathing. There's a breathing where we come together in places like today, where we collect, we connect, we comfort one another, we, we get inspired, we learn from one another. And then that breathing in goes out, goes out to places, works with places like Laurel House, like Nicole's Place, like many, many, many places. And in this respiration, this coming in and this going out, we grow and the world becomes a better place. And to start with today, you know, to start with just a few thoughts that I have, I really want to start with this question. What's the most powerful story to tell to the outside world? What's the most powerful story to tell to the outside world? And we can look at that, what's the most powerful story we tell, or we can look at it, what's the most powerful story you tell? which is a great way to just think of a mission as, a, as maybe as a way to see it in life. I put that question up on Facebook, got some great responses, and I wanted to just show you the first one I got. This is from Stephanie Casper, a dear friend, and what she wrote is this, your own, especially that you loved anyway. I find that very powerful. You know, so much of life is, is yeah, it's our own story, right? And it's where we live a life in such a way that we learn to love anyway. 
despite the fact that life has its blessings, and yes, indeed, it does have its breakings. And every flood, every flood always has stories in it of redemption, stories of people who step up and serve, people who, who somehow attach to that greater humanity. And then we start to understand more and more what spiritual power actually is. Spiritual power, simply defined, might be looked at as this. Spiritual power is the power of intention, the intention to serve the well-being of others, giving what is ours to give, giving what is ours to give. I think that's so important. We, we find an intention. We find that place to give what's ours to give. You can hear some wonderful stories about that today. That's really what God asks. And what then, as we get to really understand what's the most powerful story we can offer to the outside world, I think it's this. I think it's that in the midst of storms, in the midst of floods, that we have learned to hold on, we've learned to roll up our sleeves, and we've learned to love anyways. And I think we can say then that this is what we do. This is what we do. So I want to close just with thanking everyone. I want to close with a special blessing. Just you folks who are starting Nicole's Place are deeply in my heart, deeply in all of our hearts here today. Thank you for the efforts. Bless all these endeavors. Thank you everyone again for joining us. I love that. Love anyways. Can I get an amen? Amen. There. Did you hear that, Chuck? Get an amen. That's for you, bud. Love anyways, because we're constantly finding excuses not to love. I, I don't know about you. I'm just speaking for myself. And uh, what I, I could say, I have found in the 55 years of my life, that it's really easy to be a jerk. It's really easy to be a jerk. I can be a jerk in all kinds of situations, all kinds of contexts. I find when I'm tired, it's easier to be a jerk. And a lot of people are peppering me with all kinds of stuff. It's easy to be a jerk. It's much harder to be a nice human being. And like it takes a little bit of upping the game, as it were. And life is about that. Life is about choosing that higher journey rather than just going with the flow and being kind of a self-centered, egotistical jerk. And I think that that's part of what the story is about today. So I, I think of the whole story of Noah and the ark and I'm just to say right off the bat, we think of ark as this special holy word, right? It's a, it's the ark. Now there's a picture of an ark. There it is. That's the ark. The ark. If you say it, you know, if you lower your register a little bit, it sounds more holy. Uh, but actually, if you look at the, the words in scripture, God says, build a box. Build, build a safe box, make sure it's going to float on water, build it a big one, make a big one, because we're going to put all these animals in it, but just build a box, use whatever wood, in fact, use this wood, like the pine, you, there's lots of pine around, use that, don't worry about it, it's not fancy, use pine, get some, 
get some tar and just tar the insides of it. Put enough tar on that it'll float and it won't leak. Build a box, and that's going to be your sanctuary. And I think that that's really a great message for us, too, that I'm not talking about building some fantastic, incredible, gilded, unbelievably powered by magnificent qualities of wealth or whatever kind of a, 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 an ark. I'm just talking about build a box. Build a box. And I think God calls each of us to build boxes in our lives that we can use as safe boxes or a safe or, or, you know, in the context of human life as a sanctuary. So I'm going to read a tiny little snippet from Genesis. Well, the earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for through them the earth is filled with violence. And behold, I will destroy the earth. By the way, God never destroys the earth. He doesn't destroy. What God does is he shines the light in dark places. If you think of love itself, shining light, sometimes that's uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like if I'm in my jerk mode and God shines his light and I'm seeing, I'm seeing what love really is and I'm comparing what it is to be a jerk with what it means to be loving, I can feel like my world is being destroyed. And I can even say, well, God, what are you doing here? Why are you shining your light on my, my dark mess? And so part of, part of the growth that's woven into this story is coming to identify with the light and the love. We'll get into that a little bit more. Anyway, that's what it says in the, um, in the story. And I'm just going to point out there's a little bit of a, um, a conflict there in that actually God is nothing but love, nothing but love for you, and everything about God is directed toward your individual peace, your long-term happiness, and your success as a human being. And that doesn't mean that you have a high-paying job or something like that. It means that you are successful as who you are created to be. And I think that's just a really important piece to hold when you read things like, I am going to destroy the earth and that kind of thing. It's not true. It just feels that way. So what does God say? He says to Noah, make for yourself an ark of gopher wood and make rooms inside the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch, with tar. So make a pine box and put lots of tar in it and watch, it will float. It'll be great. It'll keep you from the flood. And so if I was going to boil this message all down, I would say... Here's a really important message about life on this planet. And the, and the message is, look out. 
there are going to be storms in your life. We, we saw a real external example of that last week and two weeks before that with the hurricanes rolling into the coast. There are going to be storms. Build a sanctuary. There are going to be storms. Build a sanctuary. Build a box. Not a fancy sanctuary. Just build a box. It'll be fine. So let's talk about the, the storms for a minute and, you know, what, what are they? Because really, externally, those storms could be a natural catastrophe or an event that's completely outside of our control that's weather-related or uh, often they are really weather-related or disease-related or something like that. We see them overwhelming parts of the world over and over and over again in different times, and they cause hardship and, and external misery and all kinds of suffering. That is a kind of event that we want to have sanctuary for. Another kind of event that we frankly have to deal with in our life, and it's not going to go away, is the fact that there is violence in the world, and there are people that intentionally try to hurt other people. There is that kind of twisted mentality. Some of it comes from drugs, and it's just a drug-induced state of, uh, you know, some kind of uh, psychotic behavior or an episode. Sometimes it's induced by other kinds of mental illness. And I frankly think sometimes it's just inspired by what I would say is, is ego in abuse of self trying to dominate or trying to, trying to push in a way that's not only is it not helpful, but it winds up being hurtful. And that provides, you know, all kinds of examples in our world of very, very difficult to process events that we see. Uh, and, and, you know, often we just, we can't believe it. My daughter, who is a lawyer out in, maybe she's watching, she's out in South Dakota, she's working for a federal judge now. I had a conversation with the judge, and we were talking about career path stuff. The three of us were having lunch together, and the judge interestingly said, don't, um, stay away from, stay away from being a public defender, because they're just are people that are out there to hurt you. And actually, I know a lot of heroic public defenders that do amazing things in order to preserve a system of justice, which is important, I think, in our world. But there is that other side just to realize that there are people, no matter what, they're going to try to hurt you. And that, that calls for sanctuary. So again, I want to say sanctuary is really important. I'd invite you to think for a minute, just can you imagine or can you reflect on your own personal history and can you think back to a time when, when somebody or a group of people have been just this incredible sanctuary for you in whatever life situation happened to turn up at the time? Think about that and maybe you can reflect on that during the week a little bit and maybe you can even reach out to them if you want and just give them a thank you or it's, or something, if the opportunity occurs. I was thinking about this, and one of the just, it's almost a silly memory at this time, but when my wife and I, we moved to Stockholm, Sweden, early in our marriage, so we essentially were, um, we weren't refugees in Stockholm, but 
but we had immigrated to Stockholm for a while, and you speak a different language, and the whole system works differently. And after being there for a year, we had our first child and went through the whole birth process in the Swedish medical system, and it was a great thing, but it was completely different than what we expected because of our experiences in the United States. And it really did feel, when we were at the hospital going through the birth thing, trying to understand what the nurses were saying, but, you know, we never quite communicated perfectly because our language skills weren't great yet. We felt like immigrants, and the baby was born, everything was fine, and they kicked us out of the hospital, and the nurses felt so sorry for us because we were immigrants, which was really funny, but... um, They gave us a stack, I remember this, stack of blankets, baby blankets, that they had pilfered out of the hospital's closets because they were sure we were, as immigrants, we were going to go home and our new infant was going to freeze to death because I guess that's what happens in Sweden. It's very far north, so it's perfectly logical. And since we were immigrants, it's perfectly understandable to think that we would just let our child freeze to death. I mean, (laughs) go figure. But as uh, amusing as a part of that was, the love that these nurses showed for us was a really powerful expression of, for me, sanctuary. And it made what I found to be kind of an unfamiliar, uncomfortable environment feel completely at home. Just a little sanctuary story. So what I want to do is share with you a little bit of the idea of how do you become a sanctuary, or really to put the same content in a different way, how do you build a sanctuary within your own spirit? And let's see if we can put up, you build the box, right? So the word ark really means box. God is saying build a box because storms are coming. Build a box because storms are coming. And that actually has some helpful information for us. And if you think is a box, is it's got breadth, it's got depth, and it's got height, a three-dimensional box, and you can make it any way you want, but the one described for Noah was just a box with a hole that was a door and a hole for a window, and that was it. So it really was different than that picture. So building the box, and if you'll put up that next slide for me, There it is. You can think of three dimensions of pursuit when you're trying to create sanctuary within yourself. And I just want to suggest for like a spiritual moment as we go through this service, think about these three dimensions and how you can push on building each one of these dimensions. The first one, I would say, is wisdom, if I can start over there on the left. And and wisdom is, you know, pursuit of what we would call truth. It's trying to differentiate between what is right and what's wrong, what is helpful and what is hurtful, and trying to see what I would say is a path for which a person can navigate forward. And to the degree that we pursue that awareness or that wisdom, God is constantly opening our eyes, giving us insights, and helping us grow so that we can you know, become wise 
in, in a sense, and really learn how to navigate through the bumps and hills and valleys and crevasses of this life. Second thing that I want you to think about is to build on love. And that's really the focus today is we are going to love people. And in this church, we make a big commitment to loving other people no matter what. That it's really important to be able to just share love. And that sets a context of being able to learn how to love people wisely. So you're building that awareness, which we call wisdom, in with action, which we call love, with the idea that if we really understand what's right and what's wrong, when we act, we are being as effective as possible. So this is coming from some of uh, New Church Live's background theology when it's talking about what the ark really is. And there's a third dimension there, and I've been thinking about this third dimension because it's so interesting The third dimension is creating a sacred space or creating, cultivating an environment that is holy, which is a little more close to the translation that I was looking at. So you want to have love, wisdom, and that which is holy in our lives. And you think, well, what is holy? Because, you know, I don't walk around kind of being this, uh, well, sanctimonious priest, you know, sort of floating six inches off. I try not to anyways. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we tend to think holy means you have to be holier than thou, or we think that it is some kind of specially sacred uh, in a weird way. Um, you have to look different or something like that, and that's not at all the case. What it really means is creating a, a place of respect, and it's a place of acknowledgement. And I think when you interact with another person from a place of trying to cultivate what is sacred, you're looking at that person and you are acknowledging that that person is a unique, special, gifted human being with values uh, or, or with valuable skills and attributes that you don't have yourself. And that person is incredibly important in God's eyes and is a beautiful gift on this planet. There may be flaws involved, there may be other sides, there may be crust on that, like emotional crust or whatever, when we all have our own childhood wounds, etc., etc. But the point is that when we are operating out of a sanctuary mentality, we are operating honoring that which is from God with them, and we are seeking that out and working on building that and drawing it out helping that human being to heal so that that love and that life can shine forth. And so my kind of mental image here is when God tells Noah to build the ark, and Angela, I'm going to have you come out with your announcement in a second, as he's, he's telling us to work on creating that sanctuary space through cultivating wisdom living in truly a loving way to the extent that we can possibly do that using our rational mind and then operating from the context of respect and acknowledgement and really seeing human beings for who they truly are and who they can be. That, to me, is the very definition of sanctuary. There's a quote I'll I'll share with you after our song But the the point is, when we start doing that, 
This idea, it's, it's much bigger than an idea. This ethic of being a sanctuary, this, this sacredness just spills out from us. It flows into other people's lives, and we start lifting people up around us, protecting them, yes, and helping them to grow. So just think about that. So uh, kind of wrapping up the spiritual part of this um, for me is the thought that when you start becoming a sanctuary, amazing things happen. That's where miracles really start to happen. And I'm not talking about the miracles where, where, uh, you know, my leg that got cut off grew back suddenly or something like that. I'm talking about spiritual miracles, that people get along in a different way, that people are able to grow in a different way, that, that our world, with all its dysfunctions, gradually becomes more functional. And I consider that to be one of the more over overriding purposes, at least of me and my own spiritual life, but also I think it's really accurate to say this is what New Church Live truly is about. When we all do it together, our world, our culture shifts. And so there's this text that we have from the Bible, and I'm not going to read it, but maybe you just throw up the Genesis text there that is basically what it says is, uh, when when we have this sanctuary and we start living according to the sanctuary, we're building that sanctuary out. Well, what happens? Well, the floods go down and they go away. Well, that's cool. The other thing is, well, Noah sends out, and you all know this, he sends out the dove, right? And that dove is a symbol of peace. And initially the dove comes out and it comes back with an olive twig, but then it goes out and it just, it never comes back. And I see this as just a nice visualization of what really happens is by operating as a sanctuary, it's like we completely step out of what it means to be an ego-driven person. And and like I'd said before, we step out of the place of, well, well, it may be easy to be a jerk. It's, It's not part of the plan. It's not acceptable. And that is just like something that's, it's no longer me. And we become entities that are giving and just giving. We're not expecting anything in return. So can you put up that next slide with, the, there's a Swedenborgian theology piece on it. And yeah, love, only love and the good that comes from it remains which is really what I mean by when you step out of that place and you become a sanctuary, that's what's left. That's who you really are. And it's not just generic good. It's you being the best you that you possibly can. So that's really what that word good means in this context. It is you being a true human being. And then finally, I just love this idea by Dallas Willard, that the core of a person is what he or she loves, and that is bound up with what a person worships, which makes perfect sense to me. And that insight then recalibrates the radar for cultural analysis. The rituals and practices that form our loves spill out well beyond the sanctuary. And that's what happens to each of us, that our loves 
spill out. They go away. They, af- they affect people in ways that we can't possibly imagine. And that's really important. For me, and this is where we get into Laurel House, we get, we get to announce this wonderful new initiative that Laurel House is doing with Nicole's Place. And the people are going to be coming up in a sec to talk about that. But for me, the real win is somebody watches this service and somebody thinks to themselves, hey, this is important. And it inspires a different behavior than what they might have chosen without any influence at all. Because of our presence here, because of our ability to communicate love, that that love goes out and it changes hearts. And because of that, People are safe who might not normally be safe. That is a miracle. So just think about that for a minute. Okay, so let's bring the people from Laurel House up. All right, so I'd like to invite the board chairs. That's Mary Griffith Alfarano and Dr. Colleen Lelly to please come up. There's your stuff. Bring it on over. I need you to stand in the spot over here because this tells us where the cameras are. So the other thing is, I just want to say when you're coming up here, what you do is so important to this community. There are no words to really describe it. So thank you, and thanks to the rest of you. I know you'll be coming up as well, but I can't find the words to tell you how important what you do is. So, all right. Good morning. Can you hear me? Okay. First, I would like to thank all of you for inviting us to your service. We are really blessed to be here today. I would like to give you a brief overview of what we do at Laurel House. Laurel House is a nonprofit domestic violence agency. We were founded in 1980 by a small group of compassionate women, primarily as a shelter for abused women and children. We are the only comprehensive domestic violence agency in Montgomery County. Our services now include a 24-hour confidential hotline, our DART program, which is the Domestic Abuse Response Team. They provide 24-7, in-person, immediate crisis response to victims. They work directly with the police and hospitals to meet with the victims immediately after each incident. Last year, they provided services for over 200 victims in our area. In addition, DART also offers year-round training to all medical and police officers. We also offer shelter for up to 27 people, children's programs, legal advocacy, individual and group counseling, which I must say is the core of our mission 
to empower victims to move forward into a new life free of violence and a better quality of life. We also have support groups, community education, and near and dear to my heart, in-school preventative education for middle school, high schools, and colleges. We also offer transitional housing, and we have two local thrift shops. Through the years, we have responded to the growing challenges of our surrounding communities by expanding our programs and offering new services to help those families impacted with domestic violence. These services are only possible because of our supporters, like many of you who are here today in this room. We have offices in Norristown, Lansdale, Bryn Mawr, Pottstown, and we are happy that we will be here soon with all of you in your community. Thank you. And we have a video that shows a little color from some of the staff that I'm very excited to show. That'll come up now. Can you tell me what's been your best day at work? Well, most recently, which is the one that comes to mind for me, is when uh, I was at a meeting with a former um, client who is now a volunteer for us. And she talked about how much we helped her and how far she's grown uh, in achieving her dreams and feeling free mm -hmm. now that she's out of the relationship. Uh, and I remember when she started and how scared she was and how, you know, she didn't believe she could ever get free. And it just warmed my heart uh, and reminded me of why we do this work. Thank you. Nicole, tell me, what, what's been your best day of work here? Ooh, my best day of work here. Um, probably today, I guess. I think every day uh, there's new challenges and new avenues that we're working to uh, look to grow and, and add to what we do here, especially with education, that we're constantly building. Every day it, it improves and we're able to access more areas and teach more people. And um, so I guess I would say today is probably the best day because we've already done so much and I'm looking forward to the future. So Great. <laughs> All right, here we are with some more wonderful folks here from Laurel House. They just have a few quick things to share. Hi, I'm MJ. I'm the Children's Program Manager at Laurel House. Um, I work with the children and the moms. Um, I have a, a lot of things that I do here. It's not just one specific thing, but specifically, I guess, with the moms, I kind of help them with the tools for parenting skills. Children are often seen as the unseen victims of domestic violence, and so therefore, you know, they need a little bit of specific therapies that aren't the normal things. So we try to look into other things like alternative therapies, like equestrian therapies or their horseback riding or um, art therapy, things like that. So we introduce moms to those types of things. Hi, I'm Melody. I work as the children's advocate with working more specifically with the kids where um, a lot of times the kids will come into will come into working with us and they are having behavior problems or acting out, you know, violently, aggressively, I guess, would be better. Um, 
you know, because of what they've seen. So we'll work with the, I'll work with the kids to kind of show them, well, there's other ways to express yourself, to express their emotion, and then working with the moms a little bit also to help them to be able to prompt their children to breathe or use different coping skills. That's a little portion of what, <laughs> what I do. Well, thank you. So, Nichelle, thanks for sharing that. And I'd also love to hear you share, what was your favorite day of work over the past couple of years, your best day of work? I think my best day of work, it happens often because clients always surprise you with things that they remember or things that have helped them. So my clients will often say, well, when this happened, I heard your voice and I heard you say this and this and that helped me make a decision. And so I think those moments are always when it's the best because it's just rewarding to hear that. Thank you. That's very good. Um, I think I think the best day, I would actually say the best days are some of the moments that we have in the support group. Um, there are times when you see somebody who's come in and they're new and they receive a lot of support from uh, the other women in the group who are a little further along in their process. And within sometimes a matter of weeks or maybe a month, that same person who has come in and has been receiving suddenly reaches out to a new mm. person and is able to offer them some help. And you can see that, that growth that happens right in that moment. I think those are my favorite times. That's great. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. So, Ashley, just a quick question. What's been your best day of work over the past couple of years? Wow. So something that we, I think, all say a lot in this field is that, you know, small victories are big victories. So I don't think I could pick one day that's been the best, but I think there's been multiple days where we've had maybe something that somebody on the outside might think, well, that's a really small thing. And we think, yeah, that's awesome. That's so great. Because, you know, the work that we do is really just about planting a seed, providing support, and always being there for a person regardless of where they're at in their um, in this stage of their life. Um, so I think the little, the little wins that we get are, are the best. Great. Thank you. All right, Fern, what about you? What, what's been your best day of work over the past couple Well, of I agree with Ashley. It's, it's a multitude of baby steps, but I'd say the days that are great are when I'm in a counseling session and my client all of a sudden gets this light bulb moment. Mm. And she feels really safe and she says, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, where she was so scared before and she obviously feels safe. So the safety, I think, when my clients start to exhibit feelings of safety. Great. Hey, and thank you, too, for all you do. Mm -hmm. So here's where things get exciting the part of the purpose of this service is built around the incredible, just the incredible things that this group at Laurel House are doing. But I just want to say, getting the opportunity to rub shoulders with these people is a tremendous privilege. It, it's so deeply moving to be able to be with these people. So that's, that's my own little two cents on the whole thing. Now, if I may, I'd like to please welcome Beth Sturman, who's the executive director, to the stage, and Betsy Kilkenny. Beth, um, Beth has our special announcement that we're all, we've all been waiting for. 
Betsy is going to say a closing prayer. But in order for Beth to make this announcement, we need to get the purple shirts. If you have a purple shirt on and want to come join us and support us in this announcement, please come on up. Also, if you happen to be wearing a field hockey jersey, and thank you, Lower Moreland Field Hockey Team, for coming out, you are welcome to come on up as well. We want you up here. Come on over here. from up here, um, like I can't see anybody, which might be good, so I don't get stage fright. Pastor Dave, thank you so much for this service, and the band was amazing, and the singers. Um, so during the past five or more years, I've um, come to know Janine and her family, and um, as have many of us from Laurel House, had the privilege of getting to know the family. And then over the past two and a half years, We've come to know several more of you from the community, um, unfortunately through the very tragic circumstances, and we wish certainly that we would have come to know all of you differently, but we're really grateful that we've had the opportunity to start to get to know many, many of you from this community. And we've really been touched and um, amazed and um, inspired by the outstanding support that all of you have offered to Janine and to her family and to each other and to all of us at Laurel House and the work that we do. As you know, on um, March 31st, 2015, Janine's sister Nicole lost her life to domestic violence. It's a day that none of us will ever forget in the days that came after. Um, in the aftermath of that, and even before, I can say from having known Janine and some of her family members even before, the family knew that they wanted to do something to make a difference, to have a chance to support others um, who are struggling with domestic abuse and domestic violence, and to maybe have a chance to save someone else's life. So today, after many conversations and many, many months of planning, and after the time and support that all many of you have offered to us, here today we're pleased to announce that this fall we will be opening, as you've seen on the screen, the doors to our newest satellite location and expanding our support services again, um, this time in your community at Nicole, through Nicole's place at Laurel House, which will be in Huntington Valley. We're really excited. We think um, we'll be opening hopefully um, early November, um, and we certainly will invite all of you to come and, and see us there as soon as we're open. And we're supposed to start clapping. Okay. Prompting. Um, Nicole's Place will serve as a model that we can use in any community as a way to raise awareness about domestic violence and as a way to provide a sanctuary that Pastor Dave talked about earlier to provide both immediate and ongoing support and resources for people in need and for the community as a whole. Some of the services offered will include private and individual clinical counseling, support groups, educational trainings for individuals, students, parents, teachers, and community leaders, group meetings for organizations that will be partnering us with us, like the Growth and Opportunity Center, who um, I know is represented here today as well, 
Um, a domestic violence curricula offered to nearby schools and to community organizations, and the crisis response services that Mary spoke about earlier that are offered to those who are in immediate need of support. So thank you all again. I'm going to turn this over to Colleen Lelly, our co-president of the board. So in the theme, thank you. In the theme of today's service, this is what we do. We are reminded of just that through this story, this is what we do. For the past 37 years, Laurel House has continued to respond to the needs of our communities. We see the incredible difference it makes when support is available to those in need. That is who we are at Laurel House, and that is what we do. Given the extensive services offered in an initiative of this size, we knew we had to raise the first three years of funding, a $450,000 goal. I am so pleased to say that as of today, we have already raised more than $270,000. But we're not stopping now. We encourage you to get to know more about Nicole's Place and to help make Nicole's Place a reality, not just for Janine and her family, but for the hundreds of families that we know we will serve through this new location. We know the sad statistics. Domestic violence does not discriminate. It affects every race, gender, age, and socioeconomic status. So I encourage you to make a donation towards this project and know from the very beginning the difference you will be making in the life of a mother, child, and or a family. Thank you. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. This is so important, and you people are precious. Thank you for what you do. And with that, Betsy, you ready? We're going to have a closing prayer. This is something new for me because I've never done this before. Um, I just want to echo the words of everyone here, all my colleagues and all my friends from Laurel House and all of you, in, in thanking all of you that have been a part of this amazing journey as we create Nicole's Place at Laurel House. And I really want to extend an invitation, and more so than just an invitation, but my sincere hopes and encouragement that for those of you that are hearing about this for the first time, that you will join us in making Nicole's Place a reality. So after today's service, we're going to be in the lobby and um, to answer any questions you may have about our new location. And we certainly hope that you'll leave your name and some information so we can continue to reach out to you about our progress and until the opening this fall. So David and Chuck asked me to say a closing few words and reflect upon today and let ourselves understand why love wins. Uh, if you're comfortable in doing so, again, take the hand of a neighbor or, or just close your eyes and listen to this. Um, and this is what we thought of as a, as a nice way to wrap up. God, we've gathered here today in celebration and the creation of Nicole's place at Laurel House. It is with enormous gratitude that we lift this prayer to you today. Gratitude for all of the people who have made it possible for us to be here. Gratitude for the courage of those who have stood against, over against violence. 
regardless of fear. Gratitude for the creative energy of those who have made it possible, yet another testimony that love wins. We know the sacrifice made for us to be here, and we know the ultimate sacrifice of Nicole, whose life was lost, but whose memory and bravery will inspire us all. Moving on does not mean letting go, and we will never let go of the love that Nicole gave to her family, her friends, and so many of you in this community. And in remembering all of that good and keeping that good in our heart, love wins. There's no way we can ever understand violence, nor would we wish to. But we ask our provider to help us do the best we can to stand against it, to endure when we are afraid, to know it's okay to lean on one another for support, to stand in the shadow of Nicole's heroism and continue to serve our community's need to be safe and secure. We ask you for your blessing on this facility and as it stands to help families in need, women whose feelings of helplessness can be overwhelming, those who need a shoulder to lean on and know that it is okay that there is someone to help them, stand by them through the next day, next week, next month, next year, and all of those who are hiding in their own safety. So we stand here today this day with a firm belief and knowing love wins. We believe this fully in our hearts and know it is true in the lives of all those we see and help every day. Help us to see that love wins is not just words, but a true statement to our faith and determination. And in thankfulness, we lift this prayer on behalf of Nicole and her life in the name of love and gratitude. Amen. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you so much. Thank you, Laurel House. Thank you, Nicole's Place. Thank you, everybody, for coming. Love wins. Let's make that happen. Now we'll turn it over for closing to the band. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.